And we are now back in the building with another episode of the Chieftains Podcast. You are now listening to Chief X. Chief Meta. Chief Drea. And we're going to go ahead and get into it today with white paternalism, Fat Joe's comments, and also Remy Ma. And the N-word shooting. Ah, oh, the N-word shooting. Here we go. So much happening in the news and whatnot. So go ahead, buckle up, and let's get into it with white paternalism first. Go ahead, Chief Meta. Well, white paternalism is an odd phenomenon that I describe as when somebody of the dominant society looks at some something that somebody from our community does and uses it as an example to some, I mean, I'm not going to even call it inspiration. They're basically trying to browbeat us by using this good example of good behavior and humble behavior, like saying, look at this man doing this. And this example is going to be the brother, shout outs to him, community pillar in Harlem, I scroll up through all these comments. Moe's Burgers, Moe Robinson Jr. He had a video on Vice's munchies. So that opened up his community pillar to a wide swath of the population, which includes the dominant group. And we saw several examples of white paternalism in the comments, such as see kids put the drugs and guns down, live a humble life. He's a good, humble, real American that served his country. He says he's making $2 burgers for poor black kids, but a black kid strolls up with AirPods on. You know. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm. at first glance, the first two comments seem like they're, they're beneficial. You know, they're positive, but they're backhanded compliments. So what's not a humble, real American? Why do we have to be humble? Let's look at the definition of the word humble because it looks like humiliation is in humble. Right. Not proud or arrogant, modest. Having a feeling of insignificance, inferiority, subservience. Low in rank, important, status, quality, lowly, courteously respectful. Verb, use with object, humble, humbling, to lower in condition, importance, or dignity, abase. Seven, to destroy the independence, power, or will of. But this man is independent and powerful in his own right. He is. Mm -hmm. And this is why black people stop running around talking about you humble the second and third. Be proud exactly. of who you are. Right? It's all that's conditioning you to be lower than a certain group of people. Mm-hmm. And that is the dominant society in which now we are trying to hold accountable in terms of giving us a reparations. It's not an ask. We are demanding. But back to this guy here, there are so many different comments that I've seen myself. And one of them being is, you know, why aren't the young black kids? I knew poor white kids that lived in Harlem or poor Spanish or whatever. Why is it only the young black kids and not the young kids? Um, one thing we need to stop doing is explaining ourselves. 
right? Why are we always explaining ourselves to people who really just don't care and don't want to get the messaging? This guy right here with the $2 hamburger, he grew up in probably in the area in which he represented what? Black Harlem at the time. And so guess what? He represents that community. Why everyone can represent their communities in which they are supposed to represent, but when it comes to black people, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and what's stopping don't them from tell me them? how I should stand up for myself. Y'all are oppressed. You can only protest in this manner, which I tell you to. First of all, the oppressed doesn't get to tell the oh, the oppressor doesn't get to tell the oppressed on in terms of how they should handle their oppression. That's like telling the the raped in terms of the raped. The rapist telling the the rape that it didn't occur. Exactly. That's gaslighting. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 odd to see, like who are who are these people to define it? And Mister Poor Man, that's another thing. Being poor doesn't automatically bridge you to our community. Right. It doesn't automatically make you a part of us or have much in common with us. Even though a great deal of us are in poverty and below the poverty line, you know that just ties in the people being entitled. Just because your family is unsuccessful financially does not mean that we automatically have something to relate mm-hmm. to. There's different circumstances that may have led up to that. Do we have that and that may be the only thing we have in common? Or you like African-American culture. Cool. Well, if you were actually from Harlem and you were white, you know right. not to say that. You'd also know that no one would stop you from buying a hamburger from this man for $2 with your white skin and your money. He would accept your $2 just like everybody else's. He simply wanted to emphasize his people that he loves. And it's, it's ill, the dichotomy between these paternalistic comments. On one end, there's people saying, look at the rest of these Negroes. If you put the guns and drugs down, you can be like him and be humble. And, you know, there's no need for the extras on that. And then on the other end, why is it only hamburgers for blacks? Up, oh, looks like he doesn't need any reparations hmm. now. It's like, whoa, fam. But I understand it. It's just mm-hmm. odd. It's not odd, but it is odd. Like, you know, on, on a human being, on a human level, it's odd. Because we're not going out of our way right. to do that. It's like the person saying it's a dangerous place in the comments. Remember that, Chief X? Oh, yeah, I remember that. They're saying that a ha- <laughs> isn't home still a dangerous place? And and then there was other comments in there talking mm-hmm. about, oh no, it's safe now, right? Right. Oh, it's safe now. now. So you have all these different these different mindsets within something that's supposed to be positive. You have now people trying to distract from this this elder's uh, efforts to provide some form of food to an impoverished community even if it's just two dollar hamburgers that's better than what some are doing when you can go to mcdonald's yeah. and what eight dollars for a meal yeah for a value meals like eight dollars wendy's seven to eight dollars somewhere in there you can't even get a salad for under ten dollars in some cases so at least with the two dollar hamburger that's better than nothing at all for some of these communities so i applaud the man for what he's doing um, I do think that we need more uh, food trucks out there or food stands out there that offer um, various alternatives of food and also various prices within their foods as well. So um, especially with the, the different food deserts and, and most communities that suffer from food deserts are inner city communities. And that's normally is going to be 
black communities. All right, here's a another thing we could talk about is that shooting. Did yes. y'all watch the video? That, that was awful. You talking about the N-word shooting? Yes, and what's your, so, what are your feelings? Let me just read a little bit to, you know, catch our audience up. So this shooting happened in Phoenix, Arizona. So a black photographer found himself fighting for his life after telling three teenagers not to use the N-word. And he happens to be live streaming during those terrifying moments when he was shot a total of nine times. Um, let me put down. So the, ident- the unidentified photographer was taking pictures at a park in Phoenix, Arizona on September 12th uh, when three teenagers asked him to take pictures of them. They can be seen in the live stream as a photographer told them that he would not charge them. So doing a, a cool act of, you know, service. During their inter- interactions, the teens began using the N-word, which rubbed the man the wrong way. And he said, my man, I told you you can't say the N-word. You're not black, the man said. I said, I say what the explicit I want. One of the teens responded, no, you cannot. Not in front of me. The man continued. So it was this whole back and forth of, um, you know, exchange of words. And two, it went to the gunfire erupt and the camera fell to the ground and the three suspects who are uh, Hispanic um, for the scene. And so this man was shot nine times just for saying, hey, and he survived too by, you know, checking them like, yo, we're not going to have you saying these racial slurs in front of me or anyone else. And this whole back and forth of, well, I can say what I want to say, um, and it's like, did it have to get to the point, and we know the answer, it didn't have to get to the point where she shoot this man nine times. Right. It, it, it should have never got to that point. It should have been like, you know, okay, sir, you know what, you're right. Even if you don't agree, right. at least have enough respect for this man's life. They, you know, they okay, I, you know, all right, mm-hmm. you're right, you know, and just take the pictures and be about your merry way. And that's that's and that's the issue with some you know with some young cats. I'm not gonna say all of them because I th- I think there's for the most part when it comes to you know young black men for the most part we're we're gonna be very respectful of those um, you know uh, certain elders within our community. They especially they they, they approach us right. We, we're normally going even if we don't agree. It's just gonna right. be a nod and okay or whatever you know, and we we'll just keep it moving. And these three so, these three individuals, um, Ricardo Mendoza Sanchez. Angel Ortega Romero and the 17 year old boy. I'm not going to assume his ethnicity, but you know, Mm -hmm. patterns match. And these, these Latino individuals decided that they were so entitled to call us an allegedly repurposed slur designed to be a term of endearment and identity. They decided they were so entitled to that, that when someone said, no, you're not black, you can't use that, that they wanted to try to murder this man. And when they went to the other one. And that's unacceptable. He had more Mm -hmm. weapons and methamphetamine and body armor on him. So these people were in street gang activity, engaged in street gang activity. And decided that they were entitled because they may enjoy hip hop music and they devalued this man's life all because he wanted them to put some respect on him and his people. 
And that ties into this conversation mm. about Remy Ma defending Fat Joe saying the N-word. Now, I want to make a, a something clear. I know there's a difference between Cuban people, Puerto Rican mm-hmm. people. I know there's a difference between Caribbean, Hispanics, and people from, let's say, Mexico right. or South America. But there's a common lingual bond in that label that people share. And I've I've seen several groups of folks saying that they want to have solidarity between mm-hmm. solidarity between those groups including fat joe who said he, he bigs up the latinos so she was saying fat joe who is a puerto rican man and other hispanic rappers should be allowed to say the n-word and that's kind of touchy considering their definitions and borders as far as ethnicity and race don't really match ours in their their homeland nor do people fully embrace the experience behind closed doors at home even though this man said sometimes latinos may even identify themselves with african and black culture more than black people because they're doing Santeria, which is a form of syncretized Catholicism mixed with Yoruba and other West African and Central African religions. And that's cool, but we also have hoodoo and voodoo in New Orleans and other syncretic practices ourselves. I think it's very ignorant of this person from, you know, this background of Puerto Rico, where 70 percent of the population identifies as white in puerto rico and if we look at cuba the majority of the population Mm -hmm. self-identifies as white so that's that's interesting you said that and and remember um when gilliam was running for office out there in florida um remember what happened and how Uh so many from that community voted against him like over 70 percent voted what republican right and this is a direct response to because they know that my right if they can get close to whiteness they can somehow access some form of power so that's what they do they exactly. want to identify as white because you know white is associated with power it's true and anything involving the black side of things yeah. they know i don't want to be that because anything black involves failure and involves trash and involves the dirt and I don't want to go there. So guess what? White it is. But now all of a sudden you got people like Fat Joe. Okay, cool. You want to talk right. about being, you know, you want to say, have access to be able to say yeah. the N word, the second, exactly. third. Right. And we're all black, but nobody want to be right. black. Right. He said, That's the thing. Oh. We're all, we're he all said, one. He said the, the Cubans, he said right. 5 million Cubans were slaves and 3 million were actual Cubans right. and they integrated and had babies. No, right. the slave masters raped their wives and they had access mm-hmm. to black women and they right. had children. And another thing too, I wanted to mention about um, Cuba, I actually went to Cuba this year and um, that's true that a lot of them identify as with European descent. And they still have this one village that, um, you know, look just like all of us here. And, you know, they identify as Afro-Cuban and they have a direct link to, you know, the Yoruba people. And also, too, they'll look at you like, oh, 
African-Americana and you're like, uh-huh. And then it's like, they hurry up and get away from you. But then they switch up the their lingo and also like their attitude when they do see a black American in Cuba, which I thought was very interesting. Um, that was just my experience going there. So yeah, you like, said, you said mean, they got away from I'm, us? We're like, traveling whoa, and we, as whoa, black whoa. Americans, getting called punta, all type of slurs, like even, you know, getting cussed out by little children because being black. And then if they see us walking down the street, like we we walk like everywhere, they're like rushing like, oh no, I can't be associated with someone who, let's say, is um a shade lighter than me or a shade darker than me. I got to get away. And they will automatically know wow. like, you're black American, you're a shine. And like I said, yeah. when we went to this village to, to tour, yeah, we have toured this village and they're isolated. Well, I'm telling you, they're oh, wow. isolated from um, Havana. Like they're isolated. We had to take a taxi over there and they was like very like isolated, insulated. And they're like, oh yeah, we really don't deal with, let's say the folks in Havana because we still have ties to our, you know, to Yoruba, to our ancestors. So, and a lot of times too, when the Jamaicans are, I always say imported to Cuba, they go to that village and intermingle because that's where socially they're accepted compared to Central Havana, um, Old Havana, whatever the case is. So it's an interesting journey. It's not like everyone's living amongst one another. There's insulated communities there. Very. Mm. Very deep. And another thing Mm. I wanted to mention is to the Fat Joe comment. Um, Remy Ma says she's seen pictures. She said she also claims that Fat Joe didn't have a choice but to embrace black culture because he grew up in South Bronx. I know his whole family just didn't happen when he decides to become a rapper or an artist. Yeah, I'm going to use the word nigga because this sounds cool. He's black. Like, that's it. So just because he grew up in South Bronx... It's okay for him to be like, yeah, I'm going to use nigga in my raps, you know, because, hey, you know, this is where the environment, you know, they use it. So I'm going to use it, too. And it's going back to, you know, it's it's funny how they flip the script sometimes like, oh, now I'm going to identify as black and then I'm not going to identify as black. Like I said, it's beneficial when something is benefiting them. Yeah, and then it goes right back to that that new classification. Like when it when it becomes convenient, then it'll be the right. one that's made up in the eighties. Oh wait, wait, wait! No, no, it's the new Latino movement now. It's the takeover. Wait, look at all. Listen to all this <laughs> reggaeton. This this yeah. reggaeton that we stole oh, from Panama, man. and that's another mm. thing. El General does not look like Daddy Yankee. They literally blanqueamento that whole subgenre and took the melanin out. So you can see yeah. the pattern. You feel me? Like, mm-hmm. nah, I won't need to lighten it up over here. We already have that amongst us. It's the difference between oh, that's, it's the that's difference crazy. between that's us and a lot of groups of people is their light skinned folks aren't fully blended in. Like there's still separation. Whereas us there it wasn't like that. Yeah, we do have our talented tenth, but there's a variation within that group. There's variation within our all stratas of our group. It's not mm-hmm. the lightest or the winners, you feel me, over here. It doesn't work that way with us. 
So I think people try and bring that dynamic across in another way, like, okay, so if we can't make that pop off as a whole in our group, we might as well make our group that in that group. Mm. It's like, nah, fam. Mm. It's not going to work. I just wonder what the intention is. Is it that? Like you can participate in our mm-hmm. culture while you assimilate because that's what you were designed to do. That was right. the whole purpose. That's sure. where you came from. So is it translation? In this? I don't know. It's kind of weird. And if you juxtapose that with the, the convo, you know what I mean? You have to get into, okay, these mm-hmm. people are from here. These people are from there. What do these people identify as? Because we can see the pictures of the two subjects, suspects, and they're yep. not black. They look like they're a mixture of indigenous and Spanish. And they mm-hmm. probably speak Spanish and they don't identify with any native culture at all. That's another thing I, I see with the gerrymander and like, well, oh, no, we're from here for real. We're natives. Like, right. no, you don't. Mm-hmm. You don't participate in that. You don't speak Nahuatl. You don't speak Taino. You don't go to powwows. There's no reservation in your home mm-hmm. country. And you oppress the natives that are there if there are any left. So I just wonder, what's the purpose of all the Jerry? And then when are we as a as a whole? Like, I'm not against folks. And I know there's a, a large portion of Afro-Latinos. And Fat Joe has... I've seen the pictures. Mm-hmm. I know what Remy Ma is talking about. Yeah, his relatives are black. Yeah, he's been around us. But still, everybody's not going to accept that, especially somebody like a Mississippi person that's not a black man to them. And it might be somebody just as light as bro, but mm-hmm. culturally, they're not going to identify yep. with what he identifies with. Exactly. Exactly. And sad to say is we set the tone for that. We set the tone for the one drop mm-hmm. identification process. That was the United States thing. And we didn't make that rule. We were just the ones be like, okay, we black. They said we was black. And then we carried that. Yep, I'm black and I'm proud. And in those 60s and in those critical eras, these people were not identifying as that at that point in time. They were identifying as a nationality. And they were protecting themselves as a nationality. So now that you can't use a national shield, you want to, I, I, I don't understand. I don't get it. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? Right. No, I agree with you about the whole like United States, you know, saying the one black, you know, one drop rule, you black. Because um, you can even look at, you know, different folks in our family. And you're like, hmm, you know, from the lightest of light to the darkest of dark. And, you know, even with that whole one drop rule, even, you know, back in that time, you have people who was passing. So what's the difference with people who was passing and you have the same thing now? And it's like, well, you know, I have to pretty much assimilate into this culture um, either to reap a benefit or to save my life. Um, Now in 2019, it's like, okay. Is more of a selfish game. Like, why well, have to assemble into this culture to get, let's say, more popularity to become an influencer? Hell, you got people who are black fishing that's, you know, painting their face or with makeup 
um, having a, let's say, a certain type of hair texture mm. to blend in to be an influencer because there's a lack of, quote unquote, here we go with this term again, diversity and inclusion, right? So, you know, it's um, it's a yeah. very, which we can talk about in another episode too. So we see this happen all the time. And now it's because we have social media, we have access to more, you know, visual media. We see this happening in front of our faces, but yet when you're a foundational Black American, you can't even access that because you have to have a certain look, a certain type of exoticism. So, yeah. Right. That is correct. Yeah, definitely. So I think we found a good place to close. For all the listeners out there, thank you for your support. Uh, go ahead and follow us on Twitter, like our page on Facebook, subscribe. share our content. If you want to support us on Patreon, go ahead and do that. Subscribe, that subscribe, subscribe. And tell your friends about us too. Most deaf. Peace. See y'all next time.